it's about serving the world. It's about finding what needs to be done that you can do and doing it. Angel of light, come into me. Show me what I need to see. Welcome to the Small Victories Podcast. I'm your host, Pauline Victoria, an inspirational thought leader that offers transformational perspectives based on my unique experiences as a woman born without arms and legs. I feel like my life has been full of small victories that has led me to discover the greatness within. I believe that there is no summit upon which we reach our greatness. I believe it is a culmination of small victories achieved moment by moment when we turn toward the inward battle where we get to choose despair or hope, misery or miracles, defeat or victory. My goal is to awaken your potential, your purpose and your power so that you can discover the greatness that lives within you. Think of this podcast as your weekly portion of tools, stories and teachings that help you reflect on the small victories in your life. Thanks for tuning in and let's begin. Thanks for joining another episode of the Small Victories Podcast. I'm your host, Pauline Victoria. Life is about taking the baby steps. Knowing that you being alive signifies that you have value and are still capable of contributing to others. But what happens when your body starts working against you? Do you get knocked down and stay down? Or do you go within to explore different possibilities? Today, we're talking with Tina Thompson, a homeschool mom and wife who is living a comfortable life in Alaska, and then cancer hit. She thought to herself, this is the beginning of the end of my life. She was plagued with chronic pain and fatigue and bound to her bed for three years. One day, tired of being tired, she asked herself a pivotal question that she continues to ask herself even today. Tina, thanks for being on the show. Hi, Pauline. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you as one of my first guests uh, because in our conversations, everything you talk about is about the baby steps. And that's what the show is all about is small victories in life. And it, the victories start with taking those steps. And I wanted just to get let our audience get to know you a little bit more prior to you getting sick like what was your life like and then what happened and how did it impact you as a person okay so prior um definitely i think people would see me as kind of being super full of energy do everything help everybody always volunteer always say yes matter of fact one of my best friends told me after we became friends she said I didn't even want to be friends with you because you were just like too much for me. <laughs> and then I just kind of like tiptoed into her life and we became friends. <laughs> and so, so yeah, so that's how I was before. And it's kind of funny too, because I was volunteering at my church and I was doing a lot. Like I was, we fed homeless. Like I did the bulletin and I did the prayer chain and I did like there was, I like had this long list because it was a tiny church and it was a homeless ministry. So you didn't have a lot of help from the people that were attending the church. So it was a lot of work. And before I even felt sick at all, I felt led to kind of step down from almost 
all but one of the things that I was doing and didn't know, didn't know why. I just felt like God wanted me to. And then I found out later, like he knew, like he knew what was coming. Right. So yeah. So homeschooled my kids, super into it. I like to do all the field trips and all the fun stuff. Like we just did everything. So yeah, very active before. Yeah. Well, and I'm a homeschool mama too. And it is not for the faint of heart. So, I mean, (laughs) even if, you know, minus all of the volunteer stuff, if you just took homeschooling and you have multiple children, I only have one kid I'm homeschooling now. Right. Yeah. But it's a lot. It's a lot. So then you started getting sick Mm -hmm. and how did that impact you um, being so active, I mean, it's obvious physically, it obviously impacted right. you, but mentally and emotionally, how did it impact you and your family? It was terrible. It was terrible because emotionally, I felt like I have no purpose. What am I doing? I can't do anything. I can't be part of anything. I can't be part of the family. And that was kind of the way it started. It started with kind of where the fatigue and dizziness would kind of hit me off and on. And it got more and more where I had to say, I can't show up for this family birthday party. Or I told the kids I was going to do this with them. And now I can't do anything. It was terrible. And I think um, my youngest daughter, it really impacted our relationship. I think she didn't really bond to me the way the other kids did, because I think she was afraid she was going to lose me. And so it's really affected our relationship. And I might be wrong. It might just be her personality. I mean, we love each other very much and we we don't have a bad relationship. And so maybe it's just her independent spirit, but I don't know. I always felt like we missed something because those were important years for her. I was unavailable, basically. It was hard. Yeah. So you were laying there in bed many, many, many days Uh, and what was going through your mind maybe in the beginning and then what changed towards the end? Yeah, I just really, I couldn't even read or watch TV for a good part of that. There was some kind of a sensory issue and my eyesight, like I couldn't see to read and yeah, it was just really weird. So that, oh man, it's just hard. Like when you, when you don't feel good anyway and you can't do something to, kind of distract yourself like in that way so that was really hard but I did listen I know I listened to what did I listen to I listened to things like podcasts and um the bible on on you know recorded bible gateway or whatever.com and so that is what I did with my time but it was a dark I was in a dark place and I really did feel like this was the beginning of the end (laughs) like I said like I didn't think I was ever going to be better it was a very slow process of getting better. And I, I would say too, my dog would, was my, he would lay at my feet. And I remember when I first started to try and just get more active, I would take him for a walk to the end of the block and back. And then a few days later, I might go a little farther and a little farther till I could go around the block. And then I was going, you know, so it was almost even how I judged how I could see progress and that I really was getting a little better by how far I could walk my dog. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and when we had our call prior to this interview, you were telling me your story and the, the question that you kept asking yourself 
Do you remember what that question was? That I don't. That's oh, funny. okay. No, it's okay. What keep kept coming up to me in your story was you kept asking yourself, now what? So like, oh, even yeah. in that, in that instance, right now mm-hmm. I can get to the end of the block. Now what? You know? Right. Um, yeah. And sometimes when we like the power of now, what, now, what else can I do? Like taking right. those baby steps are so important. So seven years has passed since you were first diagnosed, but mm-hmm. then you were in bed and mm-hmm. then you, you started getting up. And yeah. yeah. What motivated well, you? and yeah, well, here's the, here, the big thing was my, my son is a baseball player and he's really good. And we, he had an opportunity to go play down in, in Washington, um, in the Seattle area. And we had signed up and paid the money and got him on a team. And it was for the whole season. It wasn't just to go to a tournament. It was to be there from March until July. And, and I told my husband, you know, like, I don't, I don't think I can, I can't take him. I can't go. Like I couldn't even imagine the ride on the airplane, let alone being responsible for my son in another state and getting him where he needed to be. And I felt so bad because then I felt like, I was ruining his future. You know, I just, it was a heavy weight. I, I was praying about it. I felt like God telling me if I get to Seattle, I could get the right kind of medical help that I need that I wasn't getting here. And my daughter was an adult. She still lived at home. I think she was 18 or 19. And I remember going down and waking her up early in the morning. And I said, will you come with me to Seattle (laughs) and you can be my caretaker (laughs) while I try and be the parent. And so that was step one. And so we did that and I did get some better medical care down there. And I got, I I got on some, on the right um, meds that were helping me and everything. And so that really helped. But yeah, I was still, while I was there, I was down and she was taking care of me, but it was definitely the first step. And then when we came back from that and I felt like I need to volunteer somewhere, I need to go somewhere. And same thing when I did that, I did not feel good. Like there was days like, ugh, I can't even do this. Why am I doing this? But it's just like, I kept doing it. And then, like you said, (laughs) then the next step and the next step. Where were you volunteering when you first came back from Washington? It was a place called Remade, and they take and recycle and remake or whatever furniture. All the proceeds go to help the community. It's completely nonprofit. It helps to, like they would help um, educate um, disabled kids would come in and work there. There was money, I think, that went to a group called Priceless up here um, that helps kids that are in been sex trafficked and it just a lot of little different things around the community that's what the money went to so people people would bring in their old dresser and then somebody there would fix it up and then we'd resell it and so that was kind of how how it worked so it was a great cause it was a great thing to be part of yeah what motivated you to start volunteering again I think it was just that I just could not just lay here. Like I had to just, I had to do something. I had to get out of here and do something. My kids were all, you know, getting older and I wasn't homeschooling anymore. And yeah, so I had the time and 
I needed and was get you know getting a little better baby steps and I just had to do something I just had to get out of here or I'd go crazy <laughs> well it's so interesting because you said when you started getting sick what you thought of was I don't have a purpose like what what am I even doing right. here right and then as you started feeling better you wanted to use your time to volunteer to give yeah. you purpose again, right? right. And, and I right. feel like part of having a small victory is knowing that you have a purpose, knowing that there yeah. is a purpose for you being. And I just want you to tell the story about our audience doesn't know. Tina is an entrepreneur. <laughs> and I feel like you kind of stumbled upon that business. Yeah venture. Right. And I'd love for our audience to know a little bit about how that unfolded because I feel like there's significance in taking these steps and then things start unfolding, but we have to take the first step, right? right so if you can share with our audience about how your story unfolded. Yeah. So the, the way Remade operates is that if you volunteer there, you can sell something there. So it could be anything, art, and a lot of people do crafts and or up, upcycle the furniture. And I did that a little bit. And I was just conversating with one of the girls that was there. And I said, if I could choose what I wanted to do, it would be with flowers. I ha I've had floral training and, and I'm like, well, how does that fit in here, right? It's not really that, that's not what this place is about, you know? And she, it was Chris, it was right before Christmas. And she said, you know, well, do flowers, do some floral arrangement. And so I made up a, a handful of them to have on display for people to order, to order them for their Christmas dinner. But the girl working that next day didn't get it. Like I had a sign up sheet that was on the counter where people could sign up and say which one they liked and what they wanted. And so I went in and asked her, so how did it go? Did people, did people order some bouquets? And she said, Oh, you mean this order form that I put underneath the register? <laughs> she she was just like, Oh, that's what that was for. She, and she goes, people just said it was too early to get them now. And so just totally bad communication. And so I was just like, Oh, what am I going to do now? So I had those, I had those, um, bouquets. And so I took pictures of them. I put them on Facebook. People bought those and then ordered more. And then that was the beginning of my flower business. And I loved it so much. And then I had just because I was just so interested, I wanted to learn everything. So I called florists. And every time I went into the flower wholesalers, I would try and ask the other florists like questions and stuff like that. And I met one who particularly just was so kind. And she started sending when she was busy, she started sending me work saying, Oh, I, I'm not available that day. Call Tina. And, and she single handedly like kicked off my, me into the into the wedding industry specifically and just got so booked with weddings and now I think I'm one of the most popular florists in our community I mean I get a lot of work for sure I mean we all get a lot of work there's enough for all of us so that was pretty incredible and then I started a florist network with the home, all the home florists and so we've become friends and we um, before COVID happened we were having meetings once a month 
and helping each other and teaching each other. And, and we still now we have a Instagram thread where we just ask each other questions or share information or, you know, whatever. That was incredible. I'm very thankful. That's amazing. What's the name of your company, Tina? Wild Poppy. Wild Poppy. And they can yeah. find you on Instagram. Yep. I'm Wild Poppy AK. Okay. You're in Alaska. So right now yeah. you're just serving the local, the local community up there. Yes. Yeah. And we have, and then um, after I was in business for a year, a uh, vintage rental company came for sale and my daughter, my middle daughter, the one that had gone to Washington with me, um, she had talked about wine do rentals for weddings after her wedding. Cause she rented some stuff and she loves building stuff and, in you know, that kind of thing. And so I called her and I said, Hey, this business is for sale. You want to come be my business partner and you do the rental side and I'll do the floral side. And she said, you're crazy. <laughs> and I said, I know. So do you want to do it? And she goes, sure. <laughs> and so the, the lady was going out of town and she wanted to sell the business after she got back. She didn't even have it inventoried. She had it in two huge connexes stored. And the only reason I knew what she had is because of a lot of the um, photographers that I had worked with had rented stuff from her and knew what she had. So that's how I saw pictures of it. So my husband who isn't adventurous about these kind of things at all. We were on a road trip to go to our cabin and he goes, offer her this amount of money if she'll sell it to you before she goes on vacation. Cause if I would have waited for her after vacation, wedding season would have been over. And then I would have had to wait like six months before we would have any money coming in. I was like, well, if he's telling me to do this, I'm going to do it. So we offered her that amount of money. And I said, and this was like on a Saturday and I go, when do you leave town? And she said, either Monday night or Tuesday, I can't remember. And we said, we'll be there to pick up, pick up the stuff with a trailer um, on Monday morning and just went and bought it. And then I almost threw up because I was like, you know what I mean? I didn't stop to think. Then we're like, where am I going to store all this stuff? Like I had no business plan whatsoever. It was just all on like emotion and gut feeling and you know, whatever. And we're the only ones doing what we're doing. Like we're, we're it, we're the place to get, you know, we have vintage furniture and old trunks and suitcases and you, you name it. So now a lot of photographers use us too for props and, and photo shoots and, you know, and stuff like that. So yeah, we're busy. We're busy, busy, busy. And it's awesome. I love it. That's amazing yeah. because it's like when you get out of your head, mm -hmm. like amazing <laughs> things happen. I know you said we were just going on emotion and gut and right? sometimes that's what you got to do is just take the risk, not knowing and just doing yeah. it and saying, yeah, like do it and then ask yourself, okay, now what? Now what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, for real. Because I mean, same with having kids, who would have kids if we stopped and thought through it for too long? <laughs> so true. So true. We used to populate the earth. So we're just no. going on emotion and gut. <laughs> exactly. I think we want kids. So, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And it's brought me so many things. I mean, it's besides friendships in the community and, and these connections and and my, I started a Facebook group for creative entrepreneurs and um, just recently. And so getting those connections and, and then I met some girls from Portugal on, in, 
on Instagram and ended up going to Italy and meeting him there and go, and being part of the of a photography workshop. I'd never even used a real DSLR camera before. And I just said, okay, I'm going to go to this photography workshop, borrowed my daughter's camera <laughs> and went away to Italy all by myself. <laughs> wow. My daughter was like, you won't even drive down to Homer without somebody going with you you're gonna go to Italy (laughs) and I've never been out of the country other than I've driven through Canada but you know not by myself and so yeah I've never been out of the country and I was just like yeah it's just yeah like you said one step at a time and look where I got right it's crazy to think about that yeah one step at a time now you're the go-to person in your local area for props and weddings and floral arrangements and I know you're doing great things to help other entrepreneurs in your community yeah, and beyond now yeah. with your online group. And what's the online group called again? It's called Encourage, Inspire, Connect. If someone was listening to this right now and they are where you were in terms of feeling a lack of self-worth because they just can't get out of bed, what yeah. would your advice to them be? Well, I mean, it's exactly what you said. It's just baby steps. It's like just doing that next thing that you can do, you know, just whatever it is. And if you, you know, I couldn't read or watch TV. So, you know, I'm going to listen to positive things or I'm going to listen to something good. And then when I could get up and move, you know, just get up and move, even if it's just a little bit. And also surround yourself with people who are encouraging and have a good attitude and believe in trying things, following your dreams and, you know, that kind of thing. Your evidence of what's possible when you can ask yourself, okay, I'm feeling a little bit better. Now what? Can I sit up? Now what? Can I stand? Now what? Can I get to the end of the block? Now what? And so I think you're a great testament of what's possible when we don't shut the door to what's like what what can happen next if we're open yeah. to it. Right. And now I think I'm turning 54 next month. I think that's how old I am. And it's like I feel like I'm just beginning. Like this is just the beginning. I wow. you know, like this is this new chapter and it's really exciting and I can't wait to see where it goes because it's, I wanted, there's a lot of things I want to do. I've got ideas like spinning around in my head all the time. It's exciting. It's fun. And the, the business coaching we're in, the made to do this, it's about serving the world. It's about finding what needs to be done that you can do and doing it. And that's, that's powerful. Wow. What purpose, like to find your purpose in that. That's pretty incredible. And and it feels good. And that's what keeps you moving because I was, I think my post this morning in my Facebook group was about, you know, sometimes I feel like I can conquer the world. And then some days I wake up and think, I can't do anything. Why do I, why did I think I could do this? Like this defeating thought, right? And then as soon as you talk to like those good people that you've surrounded yourself with and, and somebody, I, somebody's told me, I have to laugh at this. She goes, you're a pillar of the community. And I just kind of laugh and I go, oh, well, what? What did you call me? And then I was even laughing with another friend and told her that she said that. And she goes, a pillar is somebody who holds other people up. And that's exactly what you're doing. You know, you have this moment of defeat and then you have these people that come along and just encourage you 
And I mean, I still am who I am. I'm still a brat to my husband when I don't get my own way or, you know, yell at my kids because they're annoying me or, you know, whatever. Like, I'm not going to walk around thinking like, oh, I've arrived. I'm so awesome now. But we all have awesome parts and awesome moments. And and if we're serving others, how can we go wrong? Yeah. Just keep moving forward. Thank you. That, those are beautiful concluding words for our our time together. (laughs) I think when we can go beyond ourselves to see how we can help others, that's Mm -hmm. a good first step. And I like how you said, it's not like you arrived. No, no, we didn't. There's no arriving. There's always growing (laughs) and evolving. And if we keep that at the forefront and we continue asking, now what is Mm -hmm. possible? What can I do next? Is that, that's so powerful. And oftentimes people see us, like we can't see ourselves. So people can see us. And when we surround ourselves by people, with people, like you said, who are positive, encouraging, empowering, they can reflect that part to us. Like I I totally get like the self-defeating talk. I told, I go through the exact same thing. I'm like, (laughs) why did I think this? Like what makes me so special? And then people just want to figuratively slap you and and be like, (laughs) um, let me count the ways. Tina, did you want to say anything before we end today? Oh, I'm just thankful. I'm so thankful I met you and like just more connections. Like it makes the world feel so much smaller. Like I just have these friends everywhere and I just love it. I know. And there's this vast ocean between us. I'm in Hawaii, you're in Alaska, and it feels like we're sitting in the same living room. We decide to meet. I I pick Hawaii first. (laughs) (laughs) I'll come there. Okay. (laughs) Or we could do we could do the house swap thing where I could come visit you for a week and then I stay for a week and then you come to my house or something like that. (laughs) That sounds amazing. I've never been to Alaska yet. It's definitely on the bucket list. Thanks, Pauline. Thank you, Tina. Here are the takeaways. Just start. Taking the small steps can lead to big victories. Surround yourself with positive people and find where you can be of service with what you can do. Check out Wild Poppy AK on Instagram. And thank you everybody for listening. I hope this has inspired you in some way to look at where you're at right now and how you can choose to ask yourself the question, now what? Through that simple question, those two little words, now what? Small victories are open to all of us. Until we meet again, be blessed. Angel of light, come into me. Show me what I need to see. You are my pathway into the night. Lead me from shadows to You